This is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast. It's called Who Gives a Shit Files, and I want to thank y'all for listening. I got a little bit of a following here, and I really appreciate you spending time on the Who Gives a Shit Files. Now, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the GOATs. Now, when you talk football, for example, there's no doubt about who the GOAT is, and that's Tom Brady. I mean, he's won, what, six, seven Super Bowls. Nobody else has won more than four. And he is the most prolific quarterback in the history of the game. He's the GOAT. There is no doubt about it. And I think with Lionel Messi winning the World Cup, that was the last resume stop he needed to establish himself as the GOAT. Now, in baseball and in basketball, it's a little more difficult. You know, in baseball, for example, I mean, statistically speaking, you got Babe Ruth. And Babe Ruth was just phenomenal with all of his home runs. And what he did in his era was unprecedented at the time. So I think you could make an argument that it was the Babe for GOAT in in baseball. Now, basketball has got a huge, huge argument. And a lot of people are talking in different directions about who it is. And I'm going to give my perspective. Now, my son, Matthew English, who's been on this podcast several times as a college football consultant, okay, he lended some pretty good insight about what you need to do when you're talking about a GOAT. First of all, he said, you have to define your terms. I mean, what are your priorities? Statistically winning, they're givens. They're givens. But Matt said that what he thought was critical that made Michael Jordan the GOAT was his impact on society, certainly on basketball. It's not, there's no denying what he has done in basketball with his championships, his six championships. But he also says, you know, marketing. Nobody's ever marketed like he has before, except for maybe O.J. Simpson. And also social and the way people dress with the Air Nikes and all the things he has done and the impact he's had on society and basketball. That's the way Matt defines GOAT. Now, I do it a little differently. I do it based on winning, which is obvious, but accolades, longevity. I've got other things, other variables that I put into my estimation for my criteria as the GOAT. Now, our story starts with, in 1988, I went with a buddy of mine named Phil Shapiro. We went to the John Wooden Adult Fantasy Basketball Camp. And we had a lot of fun. And John Wooden was on his last legs. He was pushing 90. He was hobbling around on a cane. And I have to tell you that when I went to this camp, John Wooden was involved with everything. This wasn't some guy just signing his name to a camp to make money to bring in people. He was acutely involved in everything from the menus at dinner 
to no alcoholic beverages, to the practices, to the drills, to the plays we ran. And it was a really a fabulous time. I paid $1,200 with a buddy of mine, Phil Shapiro, who was a friend of mine from work. And we, what we did is we went up to three days to Pepperdine, which is in Malibu, beautiful setting, unbelievable view of the Pacific Ocean, for a really great time. And what John Wooden did is he broke us out into teams. So there were five guys to a team. And I happened to be with not only Phil, my buddy, but also a guy named Kent Rutger. And Kent Rutger, I believe that's spelled R-U-E-T-T-G-E-R, was an offensive lineman for SC, fight on baby for the Trojans. And he was also a Green Bay Packer offensive lineman for a number of years. And he was a big, big guy. He was NFL offensive lineman side. So at the time he was six, seven, 300 pounds. So he was a huge guy, a great guy, a gentleman, a lot of fun. And we had a lot of laughs in our, he was also real close. I roomed with Phil Shapiro in a dorm room, but he was also had the dorm across the way. So we got to spend some time with him. Great guy, great guy. And by the way, Phil went to UCLA. So there was the UCLA USC bantering. So what happened in the very first practice, what, what was going on is John Wooden put us into groups. It was five on five. And we were running short, full courts. This was the Pepperdine gym was open. And there were probably eight full courts going. And John Wooden is not involved at all. He's just sitting there with his cane. He's got his whistle on a lanyard that's, that's, that's wrapped around his his neck and he's sitting there watching the plays just watching everybody play so i come down i dribble the ball to the top of the three-point line to the top of the key and i let fly a three-pointer and i swished it in there and i gotta tell you i was feeling pretty good that twelve hundred dollar investment i got to swish a ball right in front of john wooden I threw it, you know, I threw it, it went down, boom, right in there. I started strutting back, feeling real good about myself. And then all of a sudden, John Wooden stood up and he blew his whistle like five, six times and yells out, I couldn't believe this frail man, little, you know, he was 5'9 at his peak, he was probably 5'6, hobbling out there with a cane. And he walks up to me. Everybody in the gym is looking at him. He goes, I want everybody's attention. So he walks up to me and he grabs me by the elbow with his forefinger and his thumb and he squeezes it. And he goes to me in a very deep voice. Once again, I can't believe this frail man could bellow out this, this uh, admonishment of me so loudly and goes, I want you to explain to everybody here why you didn't follow your shot. And if you know me, I'm not last lost for words very often, but I was lost for words. I mean, here was really arguably the best coach of all time. What did he win? 
12 championships in 13 years, the most unprecedented run in certainly in college football history, probably in sports history as well. I mean, here is this man, this icon, this this revered, exalted coach chewing me out, which I paid $1,200 for. And he goes, son, we're waiting for you. Why did you do that? And I didn't say anything. And by the way, I was 36 years old, so I was no kid. So he takes his, he takes his, his cane and he taps me on the shoulder and he goes, son, focus on fundamental basketball. Okay. We play fundamental basketball, fundamental defense, fundamental offense. And one of the biggest fundamentals that you can have in basketball is following your shot. So from then on for the rest of the camp, that was the first day for the three days, you better believe I followed my shot. But it was very interesting because what happened is John Wood, and I'll get to the point how this affects the GOAT in a minute, is that John Wooden broke us up into, into small subsections and we had to guard one person for three days of drills. So he'd run drills in the morning and then we got to play in the afternoon, but he'd want us to run plays. So I got, true story, I had to guard Ann Myers. And Ann Myers was Don Drysdale's wife. And she was one of the all-time scorers in UCLA history. Her brother was David Myers. And she was about 5'9". But the thing was, is while I'm guarding her, she was seven months pregnant. So here's this woman I'm running drills with. And she's seven months pregnant. And they're like, okay, box her out. Okay, get up on her. You know, you know make sure that she doesn't drive around you. So I'm doing these drills. And I've, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm being guarded and guarding a pregnant woman for the drills. And so I, I'm dribbling the ball. And the first time I'm like, you know, I, you know, I don't want to hurt this lady. So I'm dribbling the ball. I'm going to the basket. And she knocks the ball out from under me. And the ball hits my leg and goes on the floor. And she dives on the floor. You know, no wonder this woman was such a great, great competitor. Anyway, so what they have is they have a recreation room. And before dinner, what would happen is we'd all congregate there. Once again, this was John Wooden. There was no alcohol, even though all of us were in our 20s and 30s, legal drinking age, no problem. But he would not allow alcohol. So he's laying on the couch in the rec room. So I walk up to him, okay? It's just the two of us. I got there early and there's just the two of us. And I said, Coach Wooden, can you please tell me who the best basketball player of all time was? And he looked at me and said, there is no doubt in my mind. And that is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the best best player of all time. Michael Jordan at in 1988 was just reaching his peak. And he goes, I apologize to Michael Jordan. I apologize to Wilt Chamberlain. I apologize to Bill Russell. I apologize to Jerry West. But the best basketball player of all time 
was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I have to tell you, who am I to contradict the best basketball coach in the history of hoops? So I agree with him, and there is a number of reasons why. And I'm going to dive right into that now. The, the, the name of this episode is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in my humble opinion, is the GOAT. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, first of all, when Kareem graduated from high school in the mid-60s, there was no hardship to go in the NBA. There was no one and done. There was no skipping any time in college to go to the pros. Nobody did it. Nobody did it. So Kareem, who went in, played four years at UCLA. Not only did he play four years, but his freshman year, he was not allowed to play varsity which was fascinating. You know, it's fascinating now when you look back at it. Now freshmen get to go into the NBA with the one-and-done rule. But back then, people couldn't even play varsity basketball. And he played on a freshman team that beat the varsity. I remember watching this on TV. He played on a freshman team that beat the varsity which won the NCAA tournament the next the, the year before that. And he was an incredibly dominant basketball player. I'm going to go through his college basketball resume. So in college, he was 88-2. That is a winning percentage of almost 99%. Lost two games. And one, by the way, was to USC. Fight on, baby. Fight on. And the other was to Houston, and Houston was loaded, and Kareem had a bad eye. He got poked in the eye and had a scratch cornea, and that was the first time. By the way, little trivia question for you guys out there. That was the first time he ever wore goggles, and he wore goggles for his rest of his career, not only his college career, but his pro career. So in college, he was... 88 and two. Now they knew coming out, they, the NCAA knew coming out that he was going to be a dominant, dominant force and of the likes that we have never seen before. And he was going to dominate college basketball. So what they did, the NCAA decided there's no dunking. You can't dunk. Okay. We're going to limit the domination of Kareem. And because they said no dunking, Coach Wooden and Lou Alcindor, who later on became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, developed the hook shot. And the hook shot is the singular most deadly effective weapon in the history of sports. More shots were made because of that hook shot than any other one person in the history of sports. Not only that, but Kareem, in three years of varsity, won three NCAA championships. He was college player of the year three times. And he was also NCAA most valuable player in the tournament. You can put up anybody you want to. And when you talk about GOAT, I know people like to dwell on the NBA and we're gonna get into his NBA credentials in a minute. But 
There is no doubt he was the best college player of all time, right? Three championships, three MVPs, three college players of the year, and three years of eligibility. I mean, traces are wild. He was by far the best. I mean, you can talk about Wilt or Bill Russell or David Thompson or Bill Walton or anybody else, anybody else. You know, Christian Leitner had a fabulous college career, but they're all in compa- they're pale in comparison to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There isn't anybody in the same zip code as Kareem, zip code, forget about zip code. There is nobody in the same state when it comes to Kareem and how he dominated college basketball. And please keep in mind, and we're gonna we're gonna touch upon this later, is that LeBron just recently beat Kareem's scoring record. He played no years in college. Kareem played four years in college. So I'm gonna run through some numbers if Kareem would have played in the NBA what his numbers would be like. But, you know, there's no doubt about it that Kareem, and I'm sorry to make this point, Kareem is by far the best college basketball player ever. Now let's talk about his pro potential or what he accomplished as a professional, okay? So first of all, got six championships okay the exact same as michael jordan he's got uh one more than kobe he's got two more than lebron so if you're talking about winning you know in college and in pros i mean the guys won the guys won six championships so that has got to be a barometer for the greatest of all time now I've got to give Bill Russell his due because Bill Russell won more than any other player in the history of the NBA. And I think people could make an argument that he was the best defensive player and one of the best players ever to lace up his sneakers. But I do not think he was a GOAT, and I do not think he had the longevity and accomplished the same thing that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did. Okay, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a all-star 19 times, 19. Kobe had 18 all-star appearances. Nobody in the history of basketball has got more all-star appearances than Kareem, nobody. So when you're talking about the best player in NBA history or the GOAT, That also has to be a criterion. How many all-star games did he play in? Okay, now here's another stat. MVP. Guess who had the most MVPs of all time in the NBA? I think you know the answer. I wouldn't be bragging about it right now. Kareem. Kareem had six MVPs. Michael Jordan had five. LeBron had four. Magic had three. Bird had three. Moses Malone had three. Bill Russell had four. Nobody had six. Nobody, with the exception of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who, once again, I believe is the GOAT. 
I believe is the go. You put all these stats together and, you know, I just think that, you know, through the accolades, through the MVPs, through the all-stars, you know, he's, he's the goat. Now people would criticize him because he wouldn't play defense. That is so erroneous. That is so erroneous. 11 seasons. He was all league all NBA defense. Nobody has got been on more all defensive teams than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 15, 15 times he was first team all NBA. Nobody else has ever, ever done that before in the history of the NBA. 11 times. So let me see, let me see if I got this right. He was an all-star more than anybody. He was all defense more than anybody. All NBA team more than anybody. More MVPs than anybody. I mean, seriously. I mean, what more can you ask of this guy? I mean, this is just an incredible resume. And once again, you know, Matt, my son, is measuring it by, you know, how much impact you had on marketing. How much social impact did you have? How much, you know, uh, you know, how much did you give to charity? There's a bunch of factors and you can define your goat the way you want to. But for me, it's about accolades. It's about longevity. It's about what you do on the court, not how you're marketed. So in my opinion, Michael, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the GOAT. Now, I want to talk about what happened with, with, uh, with LeBron and LeBron breaking Kareem's scoring record in the last week or so. And LeBron is a magnificent athlete. It is astounding that he is doing what he is doing at 38. I mean, it's, it's astounding and how many points he's scoring and how well he's doing. But I have to tell you that if Kareem had never, ever gone to college, he would have an unassailable record in the scoring category of the NBA. It would be unassailable. There's no way that people could, could anybody could get to it. And I'll tell you why. So Kareem played, didn't play in the NBA till he was 22. And his first year in the, in the league, he averaged 25. And I think it would be fair to say, I mean, he averaged 26 and a half points a game in college with John Wooden. And John Wooden insists on team basketball. And they were also loaded. Those UCLA teams were loaded with Lucius Allen and Shackelford and Mike Warren and Sidney Wicks. I mean, these, these teams were loaded, yet Kareem dominated in rebounding and in scoring. I mean, it, it was just amazing. Now, if he would have put that energy and that expertise and that ability to shoot in the NBA, starting at age 22, I did a little math here. Now, three 
was extremely durable, especially during his uh, first years in the league. And there was, in his first six years, he had one year where he did not play every game. Played 82 games. There's no load management for Kareem. Hell no. He was so good. He was so elegant. He was so dominating. So if he would have played 80 games and averaged 25 points per game, he would have scored another 8,000 points. 8,000 points. Now, and by the way, this doesn't include playoffs. If he would have if he would have played in the playoffs those four years, it would have been more like 8,500 points. Now, now, LBJ, LeBron James, is slowing down a little bit, and there's no criticism on that front. I mean, he's just, you know, I mean, he's 38 years old. He's slowing down. Anybody would, but he's still doing amazing things out there. So let's assume that, that LeBron James played 50 games a year and averaged 28 points a game. And I think both of those are pretty generous because he is winding down. He will play about 50 games this year and will probably score about 28 points. But will he do that in four or five years? I don't think so. But anyways, the bottom line, in order for him to averaging, considering he's averaging 50 games a year, he would have to score, um, and, and scoring 28 points, he would have to average 28 points for the next six years for him to win. Six years. I mean, the man, I'm sorry, the man had just turned 39. So he's going to play till he's 45 and average 28 points a game. I don't think so. I don't think even a superhuman like that can do it. So if Kareem had to gone to college and become one of the best college players of all time, he would have had an unassailable record of, of points scored. And by the way, you know, I hear this knock on Kareem. Actually, I was out with my buddies. We were on a Duffy boat. We were talking basketball. And they were criticizing Kareem because, let's face it, he's not a likable guy. He's kind of aloof. And... They were criticizing him for lack of rebounding. Well, I want you to know that Kareem is third in aggregate rebounds in NBA history compared to Russell and compared to Chamberlain. I mean, the guy has done amazing, amazing things. So that's my argument. Best player in the history of college. No doubt. No doubt. The accolades he has got, more MVPs than any other player, more all-star appearances than any other player, more all-time NBA first-team appearances than any other player, more defensive, all-defensive NBA any other player. And if he would have played in college, if he hadn't played in college, he would have scored more points than anybody else. And he also won six championships, which is the exact same thing as Michael Jordan. Thank you for listening to me pontificate and get on my high horse 
about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but I think the man is the greatest of all time in basketball history. Thank you for listening.